um, and 2,000 years later, uh, things are much the same. People are confused about who he is, and more specifically, confused about what Christmas is. Uh, what is Christmas about? Uh, I had a conversation with a, a good friend of mine at work who is a non-believer, and I've been sharing the gospel with this friend, um, and we got to talking about Christmas. He, he was trying to outdo me in giving gifts to his wife. And my wife's gone to feed our baby, so I'll, I'll tell you the result. He, he won. Um, and at the end of our conversation, he said, but that's what Christmas is about, isn't it? Um, and, and I said, no, it's, it's, that's actually not what Christmas is about. And the Bible, as always, is crystal clear about what Christmas is actually about. And one verse that I want to turn our attention to this morning is in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Just that one verse, we're just going to quickly look at that. And that one verse says that the, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul says, of whom I am the foremost. And in that simple verse, I just wanted to point us to two things in there that are very important one of them being who we are us and our condition and the second thing being who Jesus is and his abilities the first one um, who we are in that verse it labels every single person who has ever lived as a sinner what, what does it mean to be a sinner well sin is that huge wedge that is driven between us and God, that is entirely our fault. Um, sin is what separates us from our Maker who designed us for our glory. Sin is the falling short of that giving glory to Him. It's the falling short of His glory. It's what drives us apart from Him. It's what separates us from Him. It is the reason why there is a gap between us and God that we ourselves cannot fix. We cannot fix it because we are sinners. Our attempts to fix it make the gap wider. Um, we are separated from him, from him and there is nothing that the sinner can do to fix that. So that is who we are and that is the condition that we are in. But that verse also tells us a glorious truth. That Christ Jesus, that's who he is. Not just Jesus from Nazareth. He wasn't just the man, though he was a man. He was born into this world, but he came into the world. He existed beforehand. And this man, Jesus, was the Christ. And a lot of confusion around who Jesus is. People often think that Christ is his last name. It is, it's not a last name. In fact, it's a title. It is telling us who this man is. He is the one chosen by God. He is the one who is the eternal one, the, the one who can fix the problem between us and God, Christ Jesus. And what is this ability that I talked about that he has? He has the ability to save sinners, us, and our condition. That's why he came. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why it's such a joyous occasion for us to think about this person who came into the world and took on human flesh to save us. That's why it's such a big deal. That's what Christmas is about. It's about Jesus being born into this world. And because in this verse it says to save sinners. A couple things about that. 
he's the only one who can do that. Sinners cannot save sinners. A sinner cannot save another sinner. A sinner is separated from God himself. How can he fix the gap between God and another person? Jesus is the only one who can save sinners. Another thing about that is he only saves sinners. He's the only one who can save sinners and he only saves sinners. He doesn't save righteous people. He only saves sinners. The only people in heaven are sinners who have been saved by Jesus. And Paul says at the start of this verse, he says, This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. The reason is because Jesus is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. And my call to you this morning is do you trust in anything else? Do you trust in any other sayings besides the one that Jesus is the one who saves sinners? Have you trusted in yourself? We're reminded constantly um, here at West Church not to trust in our church attendance, not to trust in our theological knowledge, not to trust in our good deeds, but instead to trust in Jesus. Do you trust in Jesus this morning, the one who was born into this world to save sinners? And this saying is deserving of full acceptance. Do you fully accept that he is the only one who can save you? Um, not only that, but his ability to save a sinner is greater than the ability of a sinner to separate themselves from God. There is a gap between the sinner and God that the sinner cannot fix, but there is a bridge that Christ has built in the shape of a cross that is good enough to close the gap between us and God. Do you fully accept that as the truth? Do you fully accept Jesus the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Let me just quickly pray uh, before we sing again. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. I pray that this morning you would show us who we are as we look at that. And as we look at your word, would you show us who you are again? And Lord, would you save sinners who cannot save themselves? Would you do that by the life, death, and resurrection of the one who was born into this world, Jesus Christ? Be glorified, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we're not going to sing again. Uh, we're not going to sing again. We're going to have that Sunday school um, thing. So Kathy's going to just introduce this this idea and um, and Hanley's going to give out the prizes
Um, this is really a very exciting moment, I think, for the children. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever worked with worked with children. Um, But um, this year it's been a real privilege seeing little tiny children um, concentrating, learning and memorising parts of the Bible um, and with absolute precision being able to recite back and tell you things week after week after week that I think most adults couldn't do. So it's been a really quite moving time on a regular basis as an adult working working with these little children. But we're going to give some awards to some of the children who have been able to memorise um, Psalm 100, which is what we have done this year. And they've also memorised the uh, second chapter of the Catechism from the Children's Catechism. And that consists of 14 questions and answers, all about what the Bible how, how the Bible, how God describes people, what people are like. And these children know all those answers. And it's not just so that they can win a prize at this moment. It's actually to put into their minds, in their memories, information which is truth, which will, Lord willing, bear fruit when they are 10, 20, 30, 59, whenever. But it's something in their memory tucked away for life. So that's why we do this, um, memorising these things. So these are the children who have memorised all those things, which is quite phenomenal. Um, okay. So here they are. So we've got Caleb is one of those. So you can either clap at the end or whatever you'd prefer. Marco. Oh, careful. Well done, Michael. Good job. <laughs> Anna. Sienna. And Jason. So, thank you, kids. Done well. Very well done. Yeah, I think I'll just yeah. Good job, kids. And uh, it reminds me that I've got to practice memorizing as well. Uh, but it's really wonderful to share this morning with you. And as you all know, 22nd, it's only a few days before Christmas. I was just saying to Sarah, my wife, I can't believe how fast the year has gone. I couldn't believe that it's nearly Christmas. And in a few days, you know, us and family, we're going to be eating lots of food and I'll be feeling sick after lunch. I guarantee you that. Uh, Mum always makes the really delicious stuff. Um, but, you know, as we come to share in this time of Christmas, again, you know, we're thinking about the, the birth of Jesus. That's really what Christmas is about, Christ missed. And we're remembering that event 2,000 years ago. And as Dwayne talked about, you know, that's really about the true meaning of Christmas. And this morning, I want to speak briefly to you a little bit uh, about this idea of of why Jesus came. What is the significance of Him coming to this world? Why did He come at all? 
And I was racking my brains in the last few weeks to think of a way to help you understand what significance there was behind Jesus coming as a man just like us, walking the earth as you and I do through all the different struggles and troubles of life, all the things that are going wrong and are frustrating. And I thought one of the best ways I could do it was I thought back to when I asked Sarah to marry me. You know, and I got down on one knee and I proposed to her and I brought out the wedding ring and I said, will you marry me? And my heart was thumping. And uh, I actually asked two friends to uh, take photographs of the event. And I don't think they were that subtle because Sarah said uh, afterwards that she noticed one of them. <laughs> but she said yes, which was really wonderful. And we got married a few months after and it was a really beautiful time. But I think about that idea of getting on the knees and proposing. And really what I was saying to her was that I love you. And I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And you know, that is something that can be said by anybody. She could have any guy come up to her on the street and say the very same things to her. I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Anybody could have said that. And really what I was doing when I held out that ring and I put my knees down is I was putting my money where my mouth was, as it were. That ring and that commitment from me was a, a visible showing, a clear evidence that I was meaning what I was saying. That's kind of what the wedding ring was uh, signifying. It's why there's so much uh, you know, money put towards it as it were, because it's a, it's a signifying, it's a sign or evidence that this is really what I mean when I say I love you and I want to spend the rest of my life with you. It's putting my, mouth, my money where my mouth was, that's the saying. And you know, when you think about Jesus coming to this world, and we hear so often from various places, but the Bible itself tells us that God loves human beings. He loves this world. He wants us to know Him. And it's very easy for us to say, anybody could say that. But is there a proof? Is there a sign? Is there a clear evidence that we can look to, oh God, that you really mean what you say? And then only in the Bible do we find this one verse I want to share with you. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, it says that in this, the love of God was made manifest, made obvious among us, that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into this world so that we might live through Him. You know, Jesus Christ coming into this world, walking as we did, living as a man, was, a, was the wedding ring of God, as it were. It was the, the sign and the clear evidence that God means it when He looks you in the eyes and says through His Word that He loves you and that He wants you to know Him. And notice the importance that is attached to this divine proposal, as it were. Listen close. The last bit of that verse that I just mentioned, 1 John 4, verse 9, so that we might live through Him. You know, as we think about what we have this day, this beautiful sunshine, which I was really happy about because on Friday it rained. I was saying this here, I'm going to be praying lots that we have a, a sunny day because otherwise this would be very difficult in the rain. We enjoy the sunshine. We're going to have some food. We're going to have good times and sharing the music that we have. Everything that we have in this life, all the wonderful things. You know what the Bible says about it? It says it's not really life. It's just a shadow of the true life. It's just a little glimpse into what life really is going to be like when those who love Jesus are with Him forever. 
That's why Jesus came down, because apart from Him coming down and revealing God to us, being that evidence that God loves us so that through Him, that's what the verse says, we can be in relationship with God, we couldn't have that life. If we could have that life apart from Jesus, He wouldn't come to this world. But He came, the Bible says, so that through Him we may have life. And John chapter 17 verse 3 of the Bible says that this is eternal life, to know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom He has sent. You know, this morning, God, as it were, is holding out Jesus Christ, His Son, who came into this world. It's historical fact. 2,000 years ago, He walked on this very earth. He is that wedding ring that proves to you that God loves you, and He is inviting you to know Him. But you know, that proposal has to be accepted. Sarah, my wife, had to say yes and give me a big kiss to show that she was willing to enter into that intimate relationship with me as husband and wife. You know, every single one of you needs to look at Christ and receive this proposal from God. And I do pray that many of you have. You've come to enjoy eternal life, which is relationship with God, our Creator. But you know, this morning, if you are not yet there, God holds out His hand to you even now. He's saying, look at Jesus, my Son, who has come into this world. Look at Him and know that when I say to you, I love you and I want you to know me, I have shown you evidence and proof. Do not doubt His intentions. He loves you. He wants you to know Him. But then, you know, the, the ball is in our court Really, it's up to you now to consider the responsibility of whether or not you have received Him. And really, the sober word of the Bible is that life is through Him, which means that if we should refuse Christ and refuse to receive what God offers to us in Christ, then we will not have life. We will not have true and eternal life. And that is a fate that is too terrible to imagine. So allow me to pray and join me in prayer. Let's pray that every one of us would come to know God as He truly is. Lord, we thank You so much for this wonderful morning. We thank You so much for the beautiful sun and the weather and, and all these wonderful things that we enjoy. But Lord, help us to turn our eyes now to consider the Lord Jesus Christ, how He came into this world 2,000 years ago. This Christmas event is us remembering that He was born in a manger and all those wonderful details. Help us, Lord, to know deep down in our hearts that He is that visible and obvious showing or evidence, Lord, that You love us, that You want us to know You through Him. Help us to receive Him in the fullness of His person, every one of His words. Help us to receive Him and so know You and enter into eternal life through Him. Lord, help every heart to do that because we know that apart from Jesus, Your Word tells us that we cannot have relationship with You. Apart from Jesus Christ, we cannot have life. So give us life, every single one of us, Lord, and bless us in this way, we pray, as we go through this whole Christmas season. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. And I think now we'll sing some more. Yeah. We'll sing a few more carols. And lift up your voices. Let's sing together.
when you go to parties today and uh, in the next few days you won't hear a word about Jesus and yet Jesus is the cause of the is the reason for Christmas it's it's so remarkable it's sort of a, a complete revisionism of history and they've completely rewritten history and put Jesus out of Christmas and brought into Christmas what only Jesus can truly bring and that is joy and peace and love so they've tried to keep those things while not having the person of Jesus and you know why they've done that I'll give you the reason why it's very clear and uh, it's it will be said I, I guess all over the world as churches are gathering in various places of the world today the reason why Jesus has been put out of Christmas is that Jesus is making great claims on all human beings and he's saying that he's the master of the universe is to be obeyed and is the savior of the world and the only savior of the world now no one really as a human being and as a sinner wants to hear someone making such exclusive claims to being master and lord and savior and for that reason and for that reason alone people have expunged jesus from christmas and put santa claus into christmas anything into christmas rather than having jesus and what we as a church must do and you as Christian people if you are Christian today you must bring Jesus into Christmas and if you have neighbors into your home in the next few days or family it's important that you bring Jesus into Christmas and remember that there are people all over the world in China in various places of Africa in Asia and in Europe who are suffering because they uh, align themselves with Jesus so do them proud um, encourage them and help them by you as New Zealand people bringing Jesus into Christmas today. So let's pray and then we'll have morning tea. Thank you so much Lord for this lovely time together as a, a church gathering together around Jesus and his words and we pray now that you'll really bless us as we go into this Christmas time. And if we don't have a Bible, that we'll buy one. If we don't know the story of Jesus, that we'll read it. And that we'll give some serious thought to what is Christmas about. And clearly, Christmas is all about you and your blessed Son whom you sent into the world. Bless us now and help us now for your name's sake. Amen. Hey, join us for morning tea. And thank you so much for coming. You such big, big welcome to you all.